0: Vodka. Vodka. vodka, 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 O'clock. Hey everyone, it's Amber Love. You are listening to Vodka O'clock podcast from AmberAmethyst Don't forget you can sponsor the show by going to Patreon.com dot slash It's super easy, and you can sponsor for as little as a dollar. So, joining me today, this is going to be so super wonderfully awesome. Um, I, I love that I get to talk to this woman like every year or so, um, and constantly online. Holly Golightly from Broadsworth Comics is here. Yay, hey, Amber!
1: Yay!
0: This is so wonderful. And we are recording this on my birthday, so this is like the bestest birthday present is what I birthday. get to Take
1: Happy birthday! my Maryland, happy birthday, Amber.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have like so much going on all the time. So I wasn't even, like, I need a huge list of questions that, you know, we can get into. Sure, as
1: long as there's some about Harry Potter, I'm fine.
0: There are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there absolutely are. Um, So just uh, for folks, if you don't know Holly from Broadboard Comics, um, they have several different types of work. One of them is uh, called Tarot. And that's a, a comic, and Holly does web comics and other kinds of cool things like graphic arts for, for her t shirts with her characters and everything. That's really cool. So, um, now, what kind of, like, can you describe the comics and, and the stuff so that people know, like, what age range? Because I know your, your different things have, like, sort of, like, different recommended sure. ages. Sure.
1: Um, well, Tara Witch the Black Rose is my husband, Jim Balance. Uh, comic, and I do the coloring and the production on it, and it's um, a fantasy adventure, but it's for grown-ups, so it's sort of like Game of Thrones meet Batman with lots of witchcraft, but not a lot of violence and very little graphic sex, but there is nudity, Um, but it's a lot of fun And if you loved reading comics, I I read comics in the 70s. So I was a child of Frank Thorne's Red Zonia, and Warren Magazine's Vampirella, Howard the Duck and Conan. I think if you love those things, you will love Caro. Um, If you love fantasy and adventure and strong women and never read those other comic books because you weren't born yet. You will love tarot uh, because we do horror and comedy and fantasy and romance and epic high fantasies too. So it's a lot of fun. And we are working on issue 94. We've been doing it for 15 years. Oh
0: my goodness. I know,
1: right? (laughs) I said I'm like their mom's age now. (laughs) It's awesome. Um and then I work on my title called School Bites and that's sort of like Harry Potter meets um John Hughes, and Rice, um something like that, you know. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um it's a coming of age, so where tarot is more for grown ups. Uh, my book is more for teenagers, uh but it it's not Politically correct in the sense of I deal with body issues, uh, love of all sorts, um, how to fit in, you know, being different, have friendships, romance, love, everything. Um, But there's hardly any violence, a lot of cupcake eating and uh, a lot of love. So, I, when I was growing up, I loved John Hughes, and I love that comedy, and I love romance, so that's what I was trying to capture, and it's more manga. It was a, a web comic like you said, but I'm um, more and more turning it back into a printed comic as I started it out, since um, my duties in our company are, are way a lot. I have no assistant, and so doing a webcomic is insane for me. Um, and then we have Three Little Kittens, which was another one of Jim's um, titles. It's a mini series. Jim worked on Catwoman for DC Comics, I think, from 1992 to 1999. He, he did the Purple Catwoman, and this is a bit of a homage to that and to the Batman TV series. So it's sort of like Charlie's Angels meets that Batman TV series. It's fun. Uh, lots of strong women wearing catsuits. And fighting baddies, Um, and then I have my vampire, which was my first creator-owned project that I did in 1996, and it's a vampire demon soap opera. Uh, So if you did like Buffy, you probably liked a lot of stuff in my comics, since I I keep uh, seeing it show up in the show.
0: Uh, (laughs) Like, hey, (laughs) wait a minute! So Angel, how about that?
1: my character's boyfriend. <laughs> what? Um, so if you did like that, I'm sure you'd like um, Vampire. Uh, and um, let's see, and then I just finished the Prince Panger bomb, The Fluffy Trade, which was a comic strip based on Jim and my experiences um, getting this little ball of fluff into our life in uh, 2011. And I, I... Just loved him so much that I had to draw, like, the crazy sweet things that he has done and things that he has inspired. He is a character. So that was a, um, a Kickstarter that was finished in May. It's at uh, the printers now, and it should be out soon. I should get them in
0: boxes and then ship them out. <laughs> Yeah, you've um, because you you, you're really active on social media, which is great. People can really see what your process is like, and you're always shipping things out, and there's always new rewards of things. So, um, part of what I was wondering is how 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 you're using the different platforms that are out there now, and um, what what you like currently have going. What sort of advice that you have? Like, what has been working the best? Because I know you had like a paid subscription area, sort of thing. I still do. Yeah,
1: you mean the the Yeah, yeah. It's like a library of everything that Jim and I have done, uh, including uncensored art and stories that we can't publish because there are certain rules with our distributor, and we um, honor them and respect them. So we felt we wanted a platform to share everything we've done there. I even have my travel guide, Fears and Ears, which is the old fashion uh, traveler's guide to Disney and, and Universal Studios. Um, so, yeah, doing that. And uh, we were just accepted to Comicology, so we'll, uh, Tarot slowly going up on there. Um Uh, basically my laptop is like right to the left of me and my G4 that I color on and do work on is right in front of me. So Facebook is always open. And so if someone pings me, you know, I turn if I can and check them out, see if they need help. Um, I do Twitter and Instagram, uh, I think I have a vine, but I haven't been doing that because like there's only so many hours in the day.
0: Right, and are you um, running a Patreon? Or? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I, I maybe you don't need it, but I, I didn't know, you know, if you had wandered that way because I knew that you had success with Kickstarter, yeah. and they're kind, of, they, they work differently.
1: They do. So. I, I haven't learned it. I I know I'm one of your patrons, and I like that. I like not only being like a creative, but I like being a supporter, and um, I really haven't looked into doing, um, is it Patreon? Right. Um, so I don't know how it works other than that I help, <laughs> and uh, that makes me happy. So um, I, I don't know. You would have to teach me. <laughs> Hold on. So, no, I, I've mainly used Kickstarter. We've, I think, done five projects and as soon as one ends I get barraged with emails when is the next one and these are people who just supported it and didn't even get their you know gift and I'm like ah (laughs) so you know we have lots of ideas and it's so much fun so I kind of am focusing on that um, uh, trying not to spread myself too thin so do
0: you get to do a a lot of comic con panels where you get to talk about um, success? Because I know usually at every con I go to, they'll try to have something like, um, you know, they still have women in comics panels or they'll have Kickstarter, how to, you know, how to fund your comic through Kickstarter panels and stuff. So do you do any I, of that? I
1: only do one that my friend Rick invites me to where it's how to get publicity. Did I say that funny? Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I sound like, oh, <laughs> Um, Publicity. Um, and I, I'm, I think I'm one of the few people on the panel who's actually a creator. Most of the other ones are bloggers, um, telling people how to send in their PR stuff. So that is the only panel that I have been doing lately. I've not been invited to any other ones. So I don't, I'm, I'm pretty much hanging with our readers. So if if I'm just not hanging out in the right places to get invited, that that's the reason.
0: But so. is that something that you like to do? Do you I mean, do you enjoy being on panels where there's, you know, maybe two hundred to five hundred people in a room that get to,
1: to Yeah, I, I I like hanging with people who are interested in stuff that I'm interested in and, and if I'm just sitting in front of them that just is where my seat is. Um I I would like to sit with them on a bus or a plane or whatever and talk. If I can help people, I usually help them privately. Uh, people who are our readers who have aspirations, um, who've been in contact with me for a while. If it's someone out of the blue and I don't know who they are, I do feel uncomfortable. Um, because I've worked very, very, very hard for all the information that I have in my head. And, um, you know, uh, I don't, I don't feel that it's too groovy just to like dole it out, um, you know. Sort of like you got to go through the Jedi, you know, training before you get all this information. So I, I'm sort of like asking the universe for an intern or a or a Padawan. That would be cool, and hopefully they would be covered in tattoos and have blue hair and. <laughs> That would be great. Yeah, crazy.
0: that would be awesome. Are you out there by Disney? No, or not you... at all. I'm
1: in the the, the mountains of Poconos, so
0: oh, wow, we're like neighbors. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's like we're surrounded by bears and trees, so that's why it's very hard for us to find, you know, Padawan.
0: Exactly.
1: Right?
0: You hear that, anybody from Cuberts? Um, you know, if you're not too far. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, um, after 15 years of of running our company, I I think I have a lot in my head. But, uh, you know, it's got to be done right, and that's why we're doing it all ourselves. Because what's the point of having someone help if you have to, like, fix everything and redo everything? It kind of sucks.
0: Right. But this this brings me into wanting to learn about how you define your style because you have the sort of like there's gothic and then there's this punk chic and rockabilly and um, you know like okay to be edgy and body positive and you know naked whatever you want. <laughs> you how do you define your your art? Style? style and your your vision I
1: think it's all one and the same as you know my style and who I am Uh, I grew up in Manhattan sorry that was lumpy space princess Um, I grew up in Manhattan Uh, my mom started off as a model in the 60s and then she became a fashion designer uh, and then a chef Um, I was in the theater as a child. I studied art at uh, the Art Students League when I was 11. I went to Parsons at 14 to learn painting. Um, I was immersed in in theater and in art, in museums, and in the foliage of Central Park. I was lucky enough to have grandparents who had a farm, so I had that experience. So I I, I think just you're kind of like a walking glue stick, and between fashion and art and nature and music. um, I think all of that just goes into the Nutribullet and what comes out are, you know, what the things you see on, on online, my comics, the way I dress, uh, the way I write, um, the way I chat, everything. So it's just a culmination of, of, having a, a really great upbringing in Manhattan and um very artistic uh, mom and a very
0: polite gentle father um uh, so i was very lucky <laughs> one of the things that i really love is how there's this balance where you have pink and lavender and sparkly stuff and and you know plenty of black and goth stuff So, like, you're you're vampires with cupcakes. Right. It's, like, everything is this sort of, it's, like, it's cute and serious and an adult and just fun at the same time. It's me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just honest, you know. It's just who I am. Um, And that's what I'm sharing.
0: Cause I love pink and black together. That's like always been one of my favorite combinations. I like pink and brown together too. Uh huh.
1: I see it. Yeah. It's groovy. Cause that's more like, you know, that 50s think. Yeah.
0: And then
1: to me, pink and black is more like rockabilly going into like punkabilly and Vic- Vic- was it punctorian? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like-, like Emily Autumn. I love her. And I love, uh, Biff Naked. Um, so I'm, I'm very inspired by fashion and music. Um, so, you know, it's just all
0: coming out in my art. Did you, did you hear that Betsy Johnson just had a garage sale? I did, trail? I saw. It. I was
1: like, damn! Because my mom had a place in Sag Harbor when I was, um I guess in my, my teens. And, uh, so I was like,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> I know where that is, East Hampton.
0: I can't even believe that. I'm like, can you just imagine being like, yeah, I'm gonna go check out this yard sale. It looks like there's clothes there, and yeah. it's distracting. Well, the good thing is that there's no way I could fit in
1: Betsy's clothes because she's
0: itty bitty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's that's how I I said the grapes were too sour. You know, <laughs> there's no way. But yeah, I used to shop at her loft um, or her her um, uh, her place on. Uh, Broadway, uh, when she had her tag, like, there were like $5, $10 damage sales, and I still have almost all of them now, still. Because to me, they're like objects of art. And most yeah. of them I can fit into. Some of them, no. <laughs> but they are still beautiful, and sometimes I will impart them to people I like meet Like,
0: here, take this Betsy Johnson. Go forth. Be awesome. Yeah. And that's how you feel, yeah. I mean, I have a couple pairs of shoes, and they're high heels, which I can't even walk right. in. But I will put them on for photos. I'm like, okay, time to put on the Betsy. Pick-
1: I wore Betsy Johnson to my high school graduation, and I still have the skirt. I, oh. And I, I don't know where the top went. I think it was stolen, like, in college. But that's okay. The skirt is more awesome. Um, so I still have it. I probably have to get new elastic in it, because... That was in 1981. <laughs> but I still have it. It's it's one of the rosebud on white with the snap opening. I still
0: have it. That's amazing that you could keep. See, I ruin clothes. That's oh. why I don't usually. I, I don't spend a lot of money on clothes because I will ruin everything. I will get coffee like the oh first no. day I wear You can get that out. It
1: <laughs> sure. Or then you could tea stain it and make it groovier. Back exactly. back like, I
0: <laughs> with like um, So with your comics, I, I haven't seen the like what your your printed comics look like. I've seen the tarot comics uh-huh. I know that you do a lot of variants. So um, are you doing that for like every time an issue comes out, with
1: Tarot or, or mine?
0: With, with either. I uh, yeah, we
1: do it. a lot of uh, different covers. It seems that people like to choose or like to get them all, and it's fun. <laughs> you know, it's, it makes it special. Um, I think it's part of our, our collector's culture. Um, and, I, I, I mean, the more the merrier. I mean, we don't go crazy. Uh, but we like to do something special for our studio, for our private readers. Um, and then the store gets something that's um, just for them. They, get, they know how, if they order so many covers, they get something. Uh, so
0: it's like little treats, little extras. So it's okay. fun. You have to plan that kind of stuff out since you're still doing some your printed work. We have
1: to um, plan
0: in advance, you mean, right? Uh, so like how far is that in advance? like a ridiculous amount of it depends
1: time. you know solicitation has its certain time w- when you work with diamonds and then that's our distributor um and then when we go to press it depends you know jim will create everything uh during the two months we have because tarot is bi-monthly and so it all happens there basically um. It's all, all cooking in the kitchen, and then it comes out to your table.
0: <laughs> Do you have any changes in your process that now, you know, you were just talking about how, like, your laptop is next to you and everything. So um, since you guys have been doing, you know, comics work for so long. Yeah, right? <laughs> business. Um, so where are you now with doing... Your your work, is everything digital these days?
1: No, no. Uh, Jim and I are still pencil to paper. Um, I mean, I've tried doing direct to digital, and I was uncomfortable. We have a Cintiq. Jim actually uses it to color the cover. He does his own cover colors. Um, and it, I don't know whether it's the height, because it, it's a big Cintiq. It's not like a little one I could put on my lap. I tend to like to work on my lap. So I don't know. I really love pencil to paper, and then we scan it in. And um, I do digital colors. I've also been doing pinups with Coptic markers. I, you know, I think when you're trained to work classically, it's it's good to keep your finger on that too. Because I know that sometimes when I'm drawing, I'm looking for Apple Save. So you know, your brain does a little get confounded with like. You know the digital and the practical, but we we do both. You know, hopefully like a good Jurassic Park movie. We've got the practical dinosaurs and we have the digital dinosaurs, and we try to meld them.
0: Well, that's cool because I know a lot of um, artists they like to keep their skills. Like they they sort of like to do both, and part of the reason is because when they go to conventions or even just at home, they they make more of their money, like more of their income from commissions than they do from their actual comics.
1: Um, so- yeah, they're, we're a little different in that we have very, very little time to do commissions because um, we're putting out a comic every two months. So Jim is, you know, really totally overwhelmed with what he has on his plate. And then when we do open up for commissions, it's actually during a Kickstarter. And um, we keep it. I think about 10 and, and he gets like smashed. And so it takes a long time for him to get them out. And he's actually been creating them now for the, the latest one that he did with me, the crossover. And he just finished one yesterday and he's doing all that special, unique art for, for our backers. Um, he does not sell any of his original artwork from the comics, not from Catwoman. Never. He he has everything that he has. I do know that the Inker has a portion of what he's done when he was at DC. And if you see anything out there, that's from an Inker, not from Jim. He keeps everything. Um,
0: So we
1: are different than a lot of other artists out there.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. So, um, but that's, that's cool, though, that there's still, like, these rare opportunities to, to get some original art if they're involved in the Kickstarter. Yeah,
1: it's fun. I like it. And I, Jim got these Coptic markers, and I kind of just discovered them. I'm like, hey, I forgot you got these. And then I did a bunch of, like, uh, little chibis for San Diego Comic-Con. I had so much fun doing I'm like, oh, this is great.
0: Those markers are beautiful. I they're they're like six dollars a marker for a reason. I mean they're beautiful. Yeah, they're
1: like oil paint. It's
0: marker. And you can refill them. So this is the cool thing if you go to the, the booth, they have like a booth usually at New York Comic Con. Um they'll like the people that work their booth actually know what they're talking about, which is a cool thing. And, you know, they'll you know, like I've never bought them there. I've only bought them in the art store. Right. Like you know like a craft store or whatever right. and, oh yeah when you know you just pull this thing out and you just refill it and this is the ink and like and there's just like a consistency from what i understand of their colors right. so you know so you can do that yeah. and that's you know it's it's sort of you can tell that it's kind of addictive though because the you know, artists will post pictures of their collections of markers <laughs> <laughs> so, like it's so you know just blending from one to the next yeah. it's,
1: it's wonderful, yeah. you know, to find those unexpected mediums. I mean, I'm sure it's it's a, a basic now, you know, but like you said, we're we're so entrenched with doing the comics, you know. There's a rhythm to actually creating a page and everything, and I get very little time to sit down and sort of play. Um, and we had to. Put our nose to the grindstone to get our comic out for Com- uh, Comic-Con this year because it was actually 21 days early than usual so we actually had like this little breathing time and I'm like I'm going to play with those and it was awesome I loved
0: it and you get to draw pictures of your adorable cat I get to take pictures of mine because she's uh, I know I they're so
1: cute
0: and they, they look like twinsies I so. know
1: and she just, and your kitty got her little buzz cut didn't she
0: you had to get her hair cut.
1: Is she a Himalayan?
0: Yeah. That's why.
1: Pangra is uh, one and a half Balinese, so he doesn't get tangled.
0: Nice. yeah. But I love it. He looks. He always looks like he's so happy when you. <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm the king of everything. Yeah. Well, he's a he's a Leo too.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm surrounded by Leos, and I love it.
0: I don't know. Keiko's getting down now off the desk. Aww. She's like, mom. I mom. I need a break from podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but she was sitting here for quite a while. She's pretty good.
1: Aww. Panger is uh, protecting Daddy's birthday gift because I'm notorious for giving them early. So he's laying on top of it. So I can't get near it to,
0: like, open it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So is, is your kitty like? um, Does he go crazy like in your dried herbs or anything? Because my cat does a weird thing. She doesn't go after any of the herbs, not even like the catnip so much. The other one does. The demon cat does, but Keiko doesn't. But she will go after her breath. No, no. She knows our cat it. does not do that. He drinks coffee. He does. Okay. Yeah, he's weird. Yeah. Well, the yeah the idiot downstairs. He used to stick his paw in the beer foam. Or ah! whatever. He was like, the phone part, I don't know. But he's nuts. He's young. He's only one. He's, he's just a young. baby. Yeah, he goes old. She's she's just like um you know like a golden girl. Sure. As things her way, that's why she has no tolerance for him Aww. at all. So what um, what ways do you? bring in because I know like we're talking about your your art style and your fashion style and then just your hangout who you are personality and part of this is all about just who you are and I know that you have this really deep spiritual side that it's just always with you so how like how do you incorporate philosophies like into your work ethic
1: oh well I always say I like to work holistically you know, I I like to make people happy. <laughs> um, that makes me happy. I try to uh, infuse what I'm doing with positive energy. Uh, and I also actually use uh, color magic when I'm working. Um, it's funny you use the word spiritual, because I, I don't know if I, I consider myself that, but thank you. Uh, I I just you know, try and be I don't even know if I'm trying, I just am positive and I wanna share that. I, I I really feel there's a lot of unrest and frustration out there and I I want to share uh this Unnecessarily happy, positive energy with people. <laughs> I
0: guess that's
1: it. I mean, there are, you know, there are days I'm having a bad day, but you, usually that means there's a problem. It's like, if I'm being a bitch or I'm mean, there's a reason, you know? I just don't wake up that way. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I guess it's just, you know, I, I want to share that. I want to put something positive out there there's way too many people worshiping negative and it it it, it's uh you know it's the easy way the dark path you know yeah seductive and easy i
0: mentioned you know using color magic because i have my candles are usually um you know, like the color is usually a significant meaning and stuff. And then, however, they're made with uh, the ones because I, I don't make candles, but I I do buy pre-made candles. Mm-hmm. So they're you know they're already infused with whatever mm-hmm. um, herbal oil they need and 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 the appropriate colors and stuff. Mm-hmm. So in like the last couple of weeks, where I just felt like I was missing, like really 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 missing all my pagan friends and the energy that we used to have together. So you know part of that was you know it's I've moved and I haven't felt like that any space is my own space in a while so I just decided just like make this little section my little like it's a bookshelf I mean it's literally like two feet wide and like this is just my space and I have my candles and I will just take my candles out of my closet when I need them and I will just like candles like just about every day I will have a candle going and it was just something that was missing Mm -hmm. and it's it's a small thing but I but the same thing as what you're saying is there was so much unrest and tension I'm like I don't actually have my friends here so what can I do what can I do by myself
1: well moving is very very stressful
0: for yeah
1: anybody so like you're saying you, you you're not you're you don't have your own nest yet and now you're trying to create your nest and as long as you're proactive, as long as you're trying to take steps forward and, and, and say, okay, I don't have a nest. I feel insecure. I need to create it. That is all positive. Even being aware that you feel down is positive. Just, you know, create your, your little nest. It, it's, it's a natural, healthy, groovy thing to do.
0: Yeah, and I'm not afraid to share, you know, what I'm going through because, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, hey, whatever. And the, 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 the joy of people that if they unfollow you because they can't handle you is, well, they were not meant to be following you in the first place. Um, so if, you know, if I get ragey or if I'm just way too depressed, which is my biggest problem, if I, you know, if I'm just way too sad, then, I'm like, okay, people, if you can't handle me at, you know, at this point, then, you know, why should you get to handle me when I'm happy and naked? And, you know, (laughs) it was sort of like an old Marilyn Monroe quote that has probably been misconstrued or whatever, but, like, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't get to handle me at my best.
1: Right. I, I think, you know, everyone has a decision of what they want to share, and that's up to them. And it's up to someone else whether they want to share it or not. You know, it's all a personal choice. So, it's, it's, it's something that you cannot see as a reflection of yourself. It's more a reflection of other people and where they are. And, the, and like I, we were talking before, uh, you were saying, well, how do you handle when you see negative things out there? Um, and I, I, I I sometimes find it very, very difficult because I just am incredulous that there are certain things that are still out and about. Yeah, you know, I grew up in during the 60s. I was born sixty four, so I have an incredibly good memory, and I do remember the sixties and the seventies and this this uh, experience that maybe was just very um, module for me of. of people caring and helping and being positive and um, marching and supporting other people's rights to be special, different, all the same, whatever. Um, And went to the post office, I think it was before uh, we went to a vacation to Orlando And there were these guys set up outside the post office with a large poster of our president with a Hitler mustache on. And I was pretty freaked out. (laughs) Uh, Number one, my family's Jewish. Number two, I voted for our president. I have affection for him. He is also a Leo. Uh, And I, I just couldn't believe that this wasn't a movie, you know, this was real, that these people were very excited about what they were doing and they were trying to incite reactions and all I could do was give a peace sign. (laughs) And I think they try to make fun of that, but, you know, I felt like this is not right to, to be so aggressive and I didn't feel that my aggression would come to anything. So, you know, I backed away And I wrestled with this image. And during our vacation, um, we were going to see Howard Jones. And he was kind enough to invite me uh, before the the show. And I felt like I was sitting with the Dalai Lama. You know, he he is a practicing Buddhist. And I find a lot of comfort in his music, in his writings uh, about uh, joy and being different i always said new song was my personal anthem uh, about celebrating life and i told him the situation i don't know if i told him the details but i i asked him you know how do you deal with negativity and he said you have to respect all sides of how people see you know you have your point of view they have theirs um I do try to remember that when someone's being an asshole.
0: <laughs> That's Yeah, I haven't, gosh, you know, you were talking about Howard Jones. and was like, gosh, I have not heard that name since, like, I was in college. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's still out and about. We have tickets to see him um, yeah. on the 24th. He'll be at Sellersville, which is probably really
0: near you, and it would be awesome if you were there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I was a, a college radio DJ and I can re- specifically remember pulling out that vinyl. Yeah.
1: yeah. I find a, a lot. I mean, you were talking about spirituality. I, I guess that's where I find it is in music. Um, yeah, I always I, I, I think I heard that quote or someone said that music was the voice of of God or goddesses or, or the spirit realm. I don't know what it is, but. To me, that that's the closest I feel of, you know, tapping into the universe and and feeling that unity. And I, I think because of what Howard is always you know, turning over in his head, it, it shows in his music. And um, I find it fascinating and I find it comforting. I, I'm the kind of person that if I'm having a bad day, I want to listen to happy music. You know, I'm not going to dive into sad music. Uh-huh.
0: Well, I love it because I try it's so interesting I was going to ask you then what if you listen to anything when you're making your yeah. artwork because they two different brains like scripting is different than drawing yeah. you know if you had any specific rituals that you encompass yeah. you come-
1: <laughs> well like you said scripting is very different even if it's not my script if I'm lettering Jim's book I have like Pandora's uh, station, Harry Potter, the, the, all the soundtracks.
0: Um, right, you do have a soundtrack channel set up, yeah, yeah,
1: totally, uh, especially Harry Potter. And then um, depending on what I'm drawing, and it can it just can be so engrossing. Like, you know, when I'm working for the English Beat, if I'm designing one of their T-shirts or if I have a um, an assignment or an idea, and it depends on the, the energy, I, you know, I'll listen to that. Um, it's it's if I'm in a, a girl mood, I'll put on um, Biff Naked or the soundtrack to Josie and the Pussycats, with which Biff actually plays on some of the music, <laughs> um, or Rock Bitch. If some, I'll be honest, if somebody really pissed me off, and I really need to feel my energy, my power, or you know, connect that. My anger can be productive and creative, and, and I will listen to motor-driven bimbo, uh, which is brilliant. So, yeah, music is, is – I mean, there's a soundtrack to every step of your day, and I I, I love music. And, and I'm so proud that I get to, to work with Dave Wakeling and, and illustrate what – his music says to me, um, and I just love it. He he asked me to do. Um, he was doing a benefit for the three women um, in is it Cleveland that were uh, imprisoned.
0: Oh yeah, they were like kids. yeah,
1: and he did a benefit for them, and he asked me to design the poster for it, and I I felt so just you know, I don't even think there are words for it. It it was just amazing to be a part of trying to help or giving help to these three women who had lived through that nightmare. And I I wanted to illustrate uh, the freedom that they had now had. So I did these three dancing women. And, you know, I'm sure to someone who didn't know what was going on, oh, yeah, those are three hip looking dancing girls. But, you know, it was, you try to connect to that energy and just open your heart and pour it out. So, and he told me that the poster was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right now, so I was pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, he was, it was very sweet that he shared that with me. It, was, it meant a lot. So I'm getting a little weepy. <laughs> Also, yeah, it's
0: creepy. and you know, but yeah, you're right. I totally agree that that soundtracks, you know, can really speak to you and stuff. I the I, when I turned on soundtracks in Pandora, yes. it does come up with like anything, I guess, that it thinks is you know similar to other likes and stuff. So even though I don't play video games, like it'll bring up the Mass Effect <laughs> one, and I'm like, oh, there's some pretty good music oh, in Mass yeah, Effect.
1: That's so cool. <laughs> I think I'm going to make a new station. go. You know, and, uh,
0: yeah, and like once a while, like, then something like Indiana Jones oh, comes yeah. off. I'm like, okay. Um, uh, but I, when I was writing, uh, things specific to a specific time period, I actually built channels to try and get in the mood for that period of history. That's interesting. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, because so I, I did um, – I've done a couple stories that were in the 30s. Uh-huh. And so I was like, okay, Twitter people, tell me what artists I'm supposed to be listening to right now. And I, I just took people's suggestions and built channels. I actually
1: probably have a, a good um, one for you for that time period. I, I actually listen to her when I'm just relaxing is um, Annette Hanshaw. Do you listen to her stuff?
0: Okay, I can plug in. Yeah, check that out. She's pretty awesome. Sounds good. So with um with the Harry Potter soundtrack, yeah, uh, it's uh, that's so. It's one of those themes that. Well, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how much of a fan you need to be to to make something instantly recognizable, but to me it is. Like, I know some people will have that as their ringtone, and just wherever it is, I hear it and I know it. I have it as my ringtone.
1: (laughs) At least one of them.
0: It's got, like, these little chimes, and it's ethereal, and it's soft, and yet you know, you know, obviously it's very theatrical because there's always, like, big battles in the different Harry Potter. I mean, so. for
1: us, it also puts us to back to Universal, like um, Islands Adventure, Hogsmeade, and uh, their new Diagon Alley for Jim and I. Because when we vacation, that's where we go. We we have this need to be in an unreal place, and they pipe that music the whole time. So if we're really stressed out, that's what you'll hear going through the house. If we're on deadline, it just makes it just calms us and, and there's probably like visions of butterbeer and owls going through both our heads, you know, it's just wonderful.
0: I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something JK Rowling definitely created something that, that will last forever. and, you know, and obviously it's a big team effort when you're talking about things like the movies with the composers and the costume designs and the the set designs are unbelievably magnificent yeah. and stuff. So, I mean, I just went to the, the Metropolitan Museum in the city, and this woman there who used to work there had put together her own tour. Um, so it was just like an independent thing where she found objects throughout the museum that to her looked like things from the book. That's awesome. We went on this tour, like, running through the museum and, like, finding a sword that looked like it came from Slytherin House. And then, (laughs) like, these automatons and and things, like, shaped like centaurs. Sure. um, Nagini statues. Ah! That's so cool.
1: So wild and very, very cool. Did you wear a uniform when you went?
0: I didn't. Oh, you naughty girl. No, but she did bring props, so I got to wear the <laughs> Um And it ended with this unbelievable crystal deer—an mm-hmm. uh, uh, actual deer was taxidermied inside, underneath the crystal globes. <gasps> so, it looked, because it was all this crystal and the the light was reflective off, it looked like a true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. It was, yeah it's really cool. So if anybody finds that on the on like lists of things that you want to do in New York,
1: yeah, found, that sounds so cool. Google.
0: Have you found? Because uh, I mean, this is one of the most ridiculous things that comes out of you know Dungeons and Dragons and Harry Potter is all of the the misconceptions about magic and witchcraft and stuff. So, do you feel that? Um, that there's anything that's actually that the, that the misconceptions are really harmful. Can you just brush those off?
1: Uh, oh, I I don't know if I've I really experienced so many. So uh, people
0: just got to get over it if they still have that problem. You know? I, yeah, it comes once in a while, where like schools want to ban the books or something. I, you
1: know, I'm so far from school and stuff, but. If I see that stuff, it's just so annoying. It's just like they're just trying to control and herd, and it's just it's it's unhealthy. <laughs> it's unhealthy.
0: Well, your your stories, um, like you were saying, have a lot of strong female characters that are independent and unique and their own, their, you know, they have their their own motivations and, uh, you know, uh, agendas in life, not necessarily like agenda to sound I like a bad think. word. But um, so do you think that since Harry Potter was a kid when they started, do you think that the, the series would have been incredibly different if it had been a girl?
1: I really don't think about things like that. Um, I really don't. I mean, I think I'm very connected to the male-female within myself. Uh, I grew up with drag queens and my wonderful gay friends. And I I really look at people as people. So for me to change someone's sex, it doesn't really help me or them. I look at them and I get inspired. Um, When I created my book, My hero was feminine uh, because my voice is more feminine uh, and I feel more comfortable and and excited about writing, drawing girls. Um, I like drawing boys, but they all end up looking like Jim. Uh, (laughs) um, I I don't think those ways. The closest, I think, is when I was 14 And I discovered that Luke Skywalker was supposed to be a girl. So I wrote a story, um, not as Luke, but my own story and what it could have been like. Um, I don't don't worry myself with that. I, I just, I call it input. I just take it in and let it inspire me. I love looking at boys. I love looking at girls. I love looking at, you know creative individuals so I really I really don't worry myself with that okay <laughs> unless it's like in the story you know like what if Tarot changed sex what if John changed sex that would be kind of fun you know
0: well they have done comics like that yeah um, they're,
1: they're out there and those are fun you know so I really don't worry myself so much about uh, you know the male-female thing, unless it's going to be part of a story and fun or or interesting and part
0: of a discovery. Um, I think a story from, like, you know, Hermione's point of view would be pretty cool. Luna is my favorite. Yeah, right? Oh, I would love, you know, a more Luna-specific story. But but
1: if Rowling's going to do it, she's going to do it, if she's not, she's not. You know, there's nothing you can do. I mean, she's the, the, the fountainhead. She's the source, so.
0: She very much holds on to her property. And I
1: respect I, that, you
0: know. Yeah. Um, but in a comic, I mean, people have been clamoring for a comic for ages, and there's, you know, there's not one. There's not. But I heard there's going to be a musical. Is that true? I don't
1: know. <laughs> I think so. I think she Twittered it. I'm on her Twitter thing. Um, I I just, I don't really speculate. I just wait. You know, I wait for something to be. Uh, that obviously, if it's not my project, because uh, I'm so busy creating, I'm really not worried about what other people creating. You know, I don't, I don't have an opinion on Star Wars other than I can't wait. Um, I just want to see it. Show me, you know, entertain me. I'm an I'm an open audience. I I feel privileged to be able to sit somewhere and have. Thousands of people, like you said, coming together to create a movie. And I hope to God it's good because it really bums you out when you spent two hours of your life in in a theater where it's obvious that Suits got involved and totally ruined a concept or I don't know. But um, I'm I'm just excited. Feed me. You know, feed me, Seymour. Feed me more. But if she doesn't want to write it, she doesn't want to write it. That's up to her. I I always hope, I always, you know, that there'll be something new. Um, I, I look forward to it.
0: Yeah, I've never understood um, when it's somebody's own property. Like I understand, like working for Marvel and DC, things get different because it's they're not creating their own properties and stuff but so the fans get like super rabid but when people start yelling about like george R. R. martin doing something i'm like
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know i was mad because i didn't read the books and i was pretty shocked at the red wedding and uh i had to eat two pints of hagen dazs to be able to get out of bed the next day but that i don't know about the other people but it was an affectionate anger um just because i didn't see it coming um, and, uh, it was pretty awesome, you know, that, that's so great that I was so freaked out. Um, and then you kind of understand the animal that you're watching and you're like, okay, I will be ready for anything. I won't love this character too much, but, uh, that, that's what he's doing. So, but it can't be what I mean, you can't put importance on it. What's important is, you know, that there are kids in America not eating or not getting a good education. Uh, That's important. Uh, Whether or not Martin kills your favorite character, you know, it's a moment of experience and reaction. But I don't know how important it is um, other than, you know, it's it's fun it's important to be entertained it's important to have a, re- a a place to rest from the insanity outside uh that's important but don't confuse the two you know that gets scary and then, and then sometimes it's the reason why i retreat uh when people get weird at me <laughs> you know uh when here i am trying to entertain people and then they kind of do what you're talking about, and I'm like, no, that's not right.
0: Yeah. yeah, fans can be really, really rabid. Um,
1: and I don't think it's cool, and, and it, and I won't, won't stand for it. It's, it's not acceptable. You know, but it, it won't kill someone to say, please, thank you, uh, and not to put
0: F bums in the emails. <laughs> I it I I can balance them differently, like weigh weigh the importance of them differently when it is somebody's own work versus, like I said, some corporate property. Like if some if they're doing something to Batgirl, or you know, and I see my friends getting like horribly horribly upset by something, right. it's like it matters to them for a reason, right?
1: I understand I, that. Um,
0: think it's their works.
1: archetype. It's someone that they related to. And they they took comfort in and that's being messed with. But then you have to remember, like you said, who owns it. Yeah. It's a corporate.
0: Right. It's like when they
1: changed the taste of Coke. (laughs) 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 They got your attention, didn't they?
0: And it's, you know, and it's one of those things where there is so much corporate run, you know, corporate involvement in, in art. I mean, that's just the way it is. And it's, important because, hey, we, you know, we need to pay people. So sometimes that happens and that's their, their importance to the art economy.
1: Um, I I hear what you're saying. Um, I'm concerned that people forget that a good business can be holistic and mindful to human beings. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think perhaps a lot of uh, corporations forget that.
0: Absolutely, and that's, you know, I'm, it's, from when I started, like, reading comics as an adult, because I, you know, I can remember, like, picking them up as a kid, and then not looking at them again until much later in life, so, you know, the shift that I had, where I didn't know Spider-Man came from Marvel, I just knew that I liked Spider-Man, you know, so I, same thing, like, I knew that I liked Batman, whatever, and I, and now it's like, there's this education where, um there's they're just brands, and so i've really migrated to so much creator owned uh, just titles and stories and the the makers of them they have they they've they either keep their things you know strictly under control themselves or they start to have fun and they let other people do crossovers, but they 're not these big corporate entities anymore and and there's people have obviously been talking about this for for a while in comics that there's you know, a renaissance for creator-owned own, uh, products. And that's why I think it's really cool that what you and Jim do is like, I mean, you have statues, like how do you get statues made? That's so, well, I mean,
1: Jim, Jim's worked a long time in the industry and, um, he, he's always worked from his heart. He loves the characters he works on. And, um, I I think that's why he made the decision to create his own character and put all that love into that character. Um, And. I mean, we're, we're very blessed with our readership and there are people who license tarot understand and, and they felt it was a, um, a good choice to, to do it, and the statue sold very, very well. So, it, I guess, proves, I mean, and we're just word of mouth. Um, it's only Jim and I. Uh, we have uh, our editor, Neil, who checks our spelling, and Randy, who does our uh, help with the color flatting, and that's it. <laughs> um,
0: So I love that, you know, it's obviously like you're saying, it's a ton of hard work, but you found, you found the thing that, that makes you happy. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I don't, I, I,
0: yeah. And there's so much. I
1: I mean, there. yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Happy
0: is good. (laughs) But it's happy. But like I'm saying, it's like you can make, you can make the comics and then, you know, you people start to show their affection for certain characters. So they get on T-shirts and then they get, put, you know, made into these statues. Right. And, you know, um, you know, and then there's cosplay. Oh,
1: and I love it all. I mean, I have a huge collection of Harry Potter things and Star Wars things. I love merchandising. It's fun. You know, I, I did T-shirts as a, a company before um, I came into to comics. I, I designed clothes. Uh, so I was in the fashion industry. Um, and then I also was in a party entertainment where I actually dressed up as characters and went to children's parties. So, And I was in theater. So dressing up, creating, doing, sharing, and then doing that as a kid with Star Wars and doing it as a grown-up with Harry Potter. It's just a part of who we are. I mean, Jim has a huge collection of sideshow statues. We are collectors. We are geeks and nerds. And I I don't really read comics anymore because my comics don't exist anymore. My heroes don't exist anymore. um, In in currently, so I have to go back to the books that I enjoyed as as a kid in my mind. Um, And sometimes we actually get them, um, or I go through my box. But, um, you know, it, it, we're part of all of this, so it's so much fun. Uh, I want to do more, you know, but we want to work with the right people. And um, we work with Chris to do the vinyls and he's the right person. I mean, he, we've known him. He was working with us for, God, 15 years. He helped Tarot become a comic and... We stayed in contact, and he knew our readership. And he understood that they would enjoy this and love it. So um, we're we're so happy to work with people who get it. And and why wouldn't we want to work with someone who loves our book um, and our art and our storytelling? And I want to work with more people. I want to work with people who create games. I want to work with people who animate I want to find these people and know them and enjoy their work, um,
0: and then we'll take over Disney. Now. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Have your own little your own little alleyway there. I haven't seen the Diagon Alley yet. I haven't you been to got Disney to do. That's
1: uh, Universal.
0: Oh, Universal. Yeah, I haven't been there since uh, gosh, since college. Yeah.
1: What was that last year? Yeah, <laughs> that was quite a, quite a while, long time. Well, you ago. gotta go when things settle yeah. down. And and as some people on Facebook know, you can ping me for help in organizing your
0: your vacation. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So who is okay? Before I let you go, so I want to know who your favorite fictional witch is, because obviously you're huge into Harry Potter, and you have your own properties. And so, gosh, I mean, there's, oh. Uh, you know, from Bewitched, and I'm always, I'm kind of partial to endure. <laughs> my, that That's a hard, hard question. Yeah, I love you know I love the the ladies on Practical Magic. I want to be one of the ants from <laughs> <Magic>. <laughs> uh-uh. the big. Oh my goodness!
1: I I I do love Samantha. I actually can twitch my nose.
0: That's a talent. I taught
1: myself when I was a kid. Um, I love McGonagall. I love Hermione. Um, I love uh, Mrs. Weasley.
0: Oh, wow, Mrs. Weasley's wonderful. She's awesome.
1: Love but, it. Uh, it would be hard for. It's easier for me. To, I don't know. I even like bad witches. <laughs> I I like witches. I can't choose a favorite.
0: <laughs> I can't. A, it is a tough question. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like, I don't know. Just, I'm not good at that.
0: So where can people find out more information about you to follow along um, with the studio and what you guys are up well, to? Well, if
1: you're on Facebook, <laughs> you can pretty much see day-to-day progress and what I'm wearing. Um, uh, my Facebook is Holly Witch or Holly K. Lightly. I think you can find me both ways. On Twitter, we're Comic. I didn't have enough fonts to put the S. And on Instagram, we're Comics, So all of those three are pretty lively. Uh, and then our website is jimballant.com. And all of the connections are pretty much, you'll find them on our Facebook, you know, in the About Me section. Or the Jim Ballant, we have all the connections there. Um, pretty easy to get a hold of.
0: Yeah, very much.
1: <laughs> and our books are just as easy to buy on our website. So I don't want to hear that you can't find it. If you can't find it, it means it's sold out. You probably have to go on eBay and pay an unusually, extraordinarily amount of money. Uh, and then keep up for our Kickstarters because uh, we'll be doing some really fun stuffs coming up.
0: Awesome. And then I look forward, you know, like you said, you've got things slowly rolling out in com- comicology. So. Yes.
1: It does take, again, just me doing the digital stuff. So it does take time because files have to be um, reformatted since we started 15 years ago when we had zip drives, you know. So things have to be reformat- re- reformatted and uploaded and stuff. Uh, so it does take time.
0: Awesome. Well, Hotly, thank you for your time. Keiko came Yay, back. Yay, so... Keiko! <laughs> she needed to to be here to make sure that uh, she gets to to at least have her presence. She's your digital fuzzy engineer. She is. It'd be nice if she was more productive. Oh no! I keep telling my cat
1: to grow thumbs.
0: She's so she she serves a very important purpose in in keeping me happy. That
1: is most important, and it's your birthday today. You get to, like, eat something yummy.
0: Yeah, my mom made a chocolate tofu pie for me, which is delicious. It's so
1: good. (laughs) And full of protein, too. Yeah. And
0: antioxidants. (laughs) All right. Well, Holly, stay on the line for a second. You guys, remember to go follow all of Holly's links and the Broadsword comic links. And... Uh, you can follow me at Elizabeth Amber on Twitter. On every platform, I have a different name because I can never get the same name wherever I go. So each uh, thing is go to amberonmath.com dot com and find everything that you need there and go sponsor the show at Patreon. Yay, I you. do. Thank you.